This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, 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 and welcome to Double Tap Canada. I'm your host this week, Tim Schwartz. Stephen Scott is not with us, but more on that in just a moment. But I am joined by the wonderful, the talented, the incredible, the sometimes late and not paying attention. Oh, the the fantastic Sean Priest. Sean, welcome to Double Tap Canada. Wow, I hope you're listening, Stephen. That's the way to do an intro. I loved it. It was so positive. Thank you, Tim. How are you? You're welcome, Sean. I am well for the most part. I mean, I'm back from my vacation. Aw, sad. I, I have a sore throat and a, a bit of a cold or something going on, so that's also sad. But otherwise, I'm I'm well because I'm here with you on Double Tap. I know, and you've also been around the Caribbean. How do you say it? Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I'm never quite sure. You know what? I'm never quite sure either. I always say it differently <laughs> depending on just my mood. Caribbean, Caribbean, I don't know, but... Yes, I was in the Caribbean, whatever, um, and uh, we, we had a blast. Two of the ports we went to off the cruise ship were in Mexico, and uh, we went to Honduras and Belize, so yeah, it was fantastic. I, I know, though, you guys, you guys didn't miss me at all, I'm sure. <laughs> of course we did. Just don't listen to the shows where you weren't here. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we, of course we missed you, but where's Stephen? No, he's not in the Caribbean as well, is he? Surely. Oh, yeah. Probably he said, you know what, that's such a great idea. I'm going to take off to the Caribbean also. No, actually, Stephen, he said that he's gone off to London and he's there to inspire the the blind youth of today with the technology for tomorrow. Now, if you're going to have anyone inspiring the blind youth of today, are you going to pick Stephen Scott as your first choice, Sean? I know. He's hardly Mr. Sunshine, is he? You know, it, it's I, our future is looking bleak if Stephen's teaching the the youth. But um, no, I'm sure I'm sure he'll he'll up his game. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he, he puts his happy hat on and uh, inspires the youth of today, hopefully. So we will find out more about that actually in two weeks because he will not be with us again next week either, Sean. I know, I know. He's so in demand, which is, uh, I know, it baffles me, but there you go. <laughs> now, we love you, Stephen. You're good at what you yes, do. Yes, we do love you, Stephen. Uh, the, the award-winning Stephen Scott, absolutely. Of course. He, uh, he will be back with us in a couple of weeks. Now, this week, however, Sean, boy, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, coming up later in the news, in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about Apple and an upcoming event that they've announced. We're going to talk about the new Samsung Galaxy 10, a new product from a company that you may or may not have heard about the last few years that makes a pair of smart glasses. No, not eSight. Another one called New Eyes. They have a brand new product coming out. And then on the heels of our recent discussion about the Bose Frames smart glasses, we're going to talk about a new product from Aftershocks. So all that coming up later in the show. But first, Sean, since I was on vacation this last week on a cruise, which was fantastic. Oh, don't go on about it, Tim. <laughs> yes, we know you're on a Caribbean cruise. Well done. Well, as I always say, and I told you and Stephen, if you're, unless you're specifically going somewhere, like a destination vacation of some kind where you have to go somewhere specific and you just want to get away for a week otherwise – 
a cruise is so great because it, it's about the same cost as going anywhere else. And the food is unlimited and included. And, and the, it, it, oh, I, I just, I love it so much. It's so much entertainment going on and, and it's so relaxing and the spa and, oh, I could go on and on. I really could. And you I will. know though. And I, and I will probably, but no, the, the cruise was fantastic. The, the ports that we went to were great. And while I was there, uh, ironically, it was a great coincidence. Carnival cruise line carnival is the, the cruise line that I went on uh, this time. The carnival breeze was the name of the ship. Their brand ambassador and senior cruise director, John healed. He's actually from the UK. And I got an opportunity to speak with him because I was interested in all of the different things that are made accessible on a carnival cruise ship. And so I sat down with John and we talked about the technology and other services that are offered for the blind and visually impaired on a carnival cruise ship. I'm currently sailing on the fantastic cruise ship, the Carnival Breeze, and today I am joined by the brand ambassador and senior uh, cruise director for Carnival Cruise Line, John Heal. John, welcome to the show. On absolute honor, that's spelled with a U, to be here. Great to, to have you on board and hope you've had a great time so far. Oh, I've had a wonderful time as always on the Carnival ships. I, I love cruising, as you know, so yeah, we've had a fantastic time and sadly it's about to be over. But but I wanted to speak with you because, of course, in your role as uh, brand ambassador and senior cruise director, you are kind of the eyes, the ears, the face of, of Carnival, whether you like it or not, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of blessing all, all and you. a curse. It's a blessing and a curse, exactly. So um, before we get to some of the specific things that relate to people that are blind and visually impaired, kind of tell people, if you could, just briefly, what, what does all that mean? What, are, what do all those titles mean for you? What are, what are you to Carnival? It just really means I'm old and uh, <laughs> I've been here a long time so they try to come up with a title for me now I uh, started with Carnival 31 years ago as a bar waiter and uh, after it wasn't very long they realized I was the worst bar waiter in the world so <laughs> they handed me a microphone of which I'd never held before but um, from there on I became uh, entertainment staff and then a cruise director and delivered 17 new ships and then um, because of my commitment to family which is the most important thing to me I said well it's time for me to hang up my traveling boots and uh, but they said no stay um, we'll make you the brand ambassador you do the social media for us and travel now and then and here I am so I have a Facebook page which has uh, you know um, uh, something like a million um, views each week um, and I get to do this I get to sit down with great people like you and, and talk so that's and, really it and it sounds like a lot of fun and I again have greatly appreciated I know earlier in the week you uh, put up a post on Facebook about me being on board and I think in five minutes you had 12,000 views so I'd say that's a good following yeah and, and <laughs> well I yeah but I think it was also the fact that um, dare I say that the, the subject was so Amazing, and that's you. And that in this world that where we, this me, me, me society that we live in, I, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. And and to see the permanent smile you've always had on your face, um, I think it's a life lesson. And I just wanted to share it with everybody. And you saw all the comments. It was, it was just 
full of, of, of praise and saying that you are a role model in mm. always look on the bright side of life. Absolutely. Oh, Python, my favorite. So uh, that, <laughs> that, uh, that post actually had several people who were either blind or visually impaired themselves yes. or had a family member or a child or someone they knew that was blind that either hasn't cruised or, or maybe has. And so I wanted to talk to some of those people who either have cruised before and they don't realize the accessibility features that are on a Carnival cruise ship or maybe they've never cruised because they didn't feel that it would be accessible enough and, and they weren't sure that they could do it. So let's talk about technology then, John, because I know that on Carnival, there are so many different things between the audio fun times and screen readers on the computers and the app, so many different things that Carnival has done. Yeah, I think, um, I think we've come a long way in a short time. I think there was a long period of time when we didn't realize um, that we weren't doing enough. And quite honestly and openly speaking, it takes somebody like yourself or someone else that is visually impaired to say we were on a cruise and we found this challenging and when they tell us these things where we've shortfalled then that's when we you know I think the last few years we've really kicked into gear so as you said we have the fun times which is the daily activity program uh, which we have an audio version of which plays constantly in the, on the cabin televisions uh, we have it uh, also coming to the app which is our hub app HUB app um, and uh, also we have um, more, sub, uh, more technology that we're looking at that, that I think will make it easier. And again, I do really, really stress the best way for us to know what to do is for somebody to tell us. Because I, I'm a great believer that until you're in that position, it's only then that you can say, you know, maybe you can do this. Because we think we think we thought of everything. But until right. you're in that position where you are sign impaired or you do have a, a, a disability of some sort that you need to tell us and say, can you help us by doing this? And we will. Yeah, because otherwise you're not necessarily going to know what's going to be the best fit for Absolutely. any particular cruiser, especially someone who's blind or visually impaired. Yeah. And so with the audio fun time so that you can you know, tune into that and get uh, the, the rundown of what's going on the next day. And as far as the app goes, the app is fantastic. I know when it first launched, there were some glitches here and there, yeah. and it was a little little wonky with the uh, screen readers on, on iPhone and Android. But as you said, it has come a long way. Everything I think in there is accessible. There's a couple things that maybe you could read better, but there's tiny things. You can still do them and they're accessible. Uh, what, what has that process been like? I mean, has that been a lot more user feedback? Or? Yes, that's, that's based on user feedback. Um, and we've only just begun. I think we've, you know, I nearly said tip of the iceberg, but on a ship, I can't really say that. Uh, <laughs> scratch the surface, we'll say. And if anybody listening to this has any suggestions, please, please let us know. Um, because technology is a wonderful thing and we have some really great minds who not only uh, are thinking of great things, but will listen to the thoughts and uh, opinions of others. Absolutely. Yeah, the app is very nice because you can not only see what is going to be happening on a particular day on board, so hour by hour, even half hour by half hour, see what's going on, but then can also get the menu for the dinner that dinner night, night or yeah. find out what's going to be on the Lido Deck buffet or, or order whatever. Pizza. Or order a pizza right there through the app, and it is all accessible. I've even found that I like being able to favorite things so that it reminds me of what's coming up later that I didn't want to miss. So right. all of that being accessible, all of that being right there on the 
app and available. And then we take that a step further because we talked about the audio fun times, but then people can go to the computers on board and you guys actually have screen readers available on the computers already. That's right. So we have, we put the screen readers on the computers and on our new ships, we're going to have even more uh, public computers. So um, that would be, um, uh, I think, something that a lot of people will find handy. And, um, you know, there's also, I don't say if I'm using back to basics here, but um, if you are, if you do have partial sight and you're cruising, we will provide um, interpreters. We have an interpreter program as well where um, if people are coming on board and you need somebody to guide you, to, I mean, like I've seen you doing for your husband, uh, uh, you guide him around. We have somebody who will take their arm and will be with them the whole cruise. We can actually have crew members on board who will assist and help people throughout the day with that. So, um, you know, if you have a guide or you need somebody to help you interpret what the day is going to be, the crew, I think, are a massive asset for that as well. So if anybody's traveling alone and thinks I don't have anybody to help me, we can help with that as well. And that's something you just arrange with guest relations uh, before the cruise? Yeah, or even you can you let on? me know via my Facebook or you can just call special, uh, write to specialneeds at carnival.com. The phone number is uh, also listed on our website. Just let them know that you'll need some assistance and we will definitely provide it for you. Now, in addition to technology, since we're talking about that type of assistance, also on the Carnival cruise ships, you have the availability for Braille, I believe large print as well for Correct. menus. Correct, Braille and large print menus and fun times. So fun again, times. if you, you need that, we have a wonderful special needs team, and I hate using that word special needs, but that's what it's called at the moment. Right. Not a favorite saying, I know, but uh, that's what the email address is, or you can write directly to me, and I'll help you arrange that. We actually are doing um, three or four different sets for different people this week of the large print. And in addition to that, if anybody who has a guide dog comes on board, you do have accommodations for them to help their guide dog to not only walk the ship, but to relieve themselves as well, right? Yes, the poop deck. The poop deck. <laughs> yes, um, we have um, uh, a great, uh, again, housekeeping team. Uh, they set this up um, on one of the uh, lifeboat decks, so it's not in a major guest thoroughfare and there is a large litter tray that is placed there and it's also a place that's very safe um, so I have often seen uh, service dogs um, who will be uh, taken down there they're allowed to do their thing and then they take off the um, the collar and uh, throw the ball and uh, yeah it's a lot of fun for the for the dogs there as well but we're very used to having uh, guide dogs um, that's what we call them in England what are they called what do you call guide, guide dogs, dogs? Mm -hmm. seeing eye dog or seeing guide, eye dog, guide yes. dog yeah mm -hmm. and uh, yeah we're very used to having the guide dogs on board and again I think it's important to say that the guests totally respect the guide dog being on board the, the no petting the nose uh, rules so very comfortable and it amazes me that the, the guide dogs are so unfazed by these hundreds of people and they just oh, yeah. lay under a chair and don't move. Extraordinary. 
Now, I know your time is very precious, so we're wrapping up here, but I have one question that I want to ask you, because on my, my podcast, Life After Blindness, I always ask for blind and visually impaired people to submit a story to me about a story because of their blindness, where they talk about something that happened to them that maybe wouldn't have otherwise happened if they hadn't been blind, something that may have been educational or inspired them, or something they learned right. from. Of course, you yourself are not blind, but I'm sure you've encountered many blind or visually impaired people in your career here. Is there a particular story or a time that sticks out where you're like, wow, that really taught me something about blind people, or that really, that that was really incredible? Is there one particular or one yeah, or two things that stand out? Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm going to refer to David and Margaret Palfreman, who are... Um, were regular cruisers. I haven't seen them this, this year. I, I know David hasn't been well. And uh, mm. if you're listening to this, David, I hope uh, health has found you and you're, uh, you're back to being okay again. Um, very much like you, full of humor, full of positiveness, and full of fun. And um, I was doing a Q&A question and answer session for the ship. I had about seven, eight hundred people in the main theatre. This was on, on, a, on the Carnival Vista when she was brand new. And it was the first cruise, and as always on a first cruise, there are teething problems. You never sure. know what's going to happen until you put 4,000 people on. You think you've got everything covered. but Right. So, um, and he had a, 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 a Amber, his uh, service dog with him, his guide dog. And this gentleman stood up and asked a question, and he was quite what's the word I'm looking for a little upset and I won't go into the subject matter because it prefer it preferred specifically to him mm. and he used some profanity and he was really really not very happy and I dealt with it uh, and I did what I normally do but there was a sense of a bit of unease around the room mm. so I said next question and I saw that Mr. Palfram had his hand raised so I directed the lady who was holding the microphone to go over to him and he stood up and as soon as he stood up Amber stood up and he took the microphone and he said these exact words word for word I'm a platinum member with Carnival and I want to drive the ship <laughs> it took about five seconds for everybody around to realize he wasn't saying it because he want he was platinum he was saying I'm blind I want to drive the ship because he knew that a particular moment we needed a sense of levity exactly. and humor and that's what he gave. And that's spectacular. That is a, a great example of what I try to tell people about is you can live a life after blindness. It, you can be enabled with blindness. It's not the end and you have to have a sense of humor and, and you have to have patience as well patience and a sense of humor I think is extremely important in everything that we do but especially if you're visually impaired so I think that's a great example of that well it's been an honor to have you here and um, you know you are an inspiration if there's anything we can ever do for you or your listeners Carnival Cruise Line um, we're, we're working hard to do even better any suggestions let us know and um, I must mention your good lady who I can see takes great care of you and who owes me a cookie Private yes, joke. My, my wife Private owes, you, joke. owes you a cookie, absolutely. <laughs>
Well, John, if anybody has any other questions or they want to get in contact with you or Carnival or anything like that, how can they do that? Uh, there are three addresses to give you. Uh, if you're on Facebook, it's Facebook slash John Healed, or if you just type in John at Carnival, that will come up. Special needs, we have to rethink that one. Special needs at Carnival.com or I care at Carnival.com, quite appropriate. I as in the I, the, the letter, care, I care, all small ca- uh, letters at Carnival.com. Very good. Well, thank you, John, so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Being an honor. Wow. I've got to say, it's something I've always wanted to do, cruise. Um, because when I think about going on holiday, and, and this this Caribbean cruise of yours, Tim, that, that's something that I wanted to focus on is getting away, traveling, and using technology and how technology can help you when you're, you know, traveling either if it is inside your own country or abroad. And cruising is always something that I've, I've really wanted to do. It's got that air of luxury to it. But I always thought, how would I do it? You know, anytime I travel, I do get slightly anxious because as a visually impaired person, you know, you've got to plan everything and you've got to you got to know what to expect. And this is going to sound strange, but when I go abroad, I'm very much the sit by the pool, sit by the bar. Um, <laughs> I'm not much for sightseeing. I know that sounds strange, but for going on trips and, and sightseeing, in air quotes, it's not really my thing. I'm, I, for a holiday, I just like to relax and um, sitting around the pool. And a cruise for me sounds fantastic. And I've got to say, um, we're not being sponsored or anything. There's <laughs> no, there's no, um, there's no sponsorship here. But that company there, the, the um, what's it called, Carnival. Mm-hmm. The very fact that they said, you know what, we got it wrong for a long time, but now we're taking the time and we are listening, and not only listening, but they're putting those, they're taking action on what people are saying. And some of the examples given there, it makes me feel confident about, you know what, that's something I could do, and and that for me, is, is a massive, um, it's a massive positive. Yeah, for all the things that you said there, Sean, I think are the reasons, many of the reasons why I enjoy cruising so much. I mean, I've done many, many cruises, my wife and I both, my family, we've, we've done some family cruises. And every time when I learn about all these great things that they're doing for accessibility, it just makes me want to go back even more. They have someone at guest relations who is like an accessibility uh, you know, person, like an accessibility supervisor. So they're familiar with things. So you can ask them questions to be able to have someone come to your cabin door and you know take you wherever you want to go on the ship or have that person with you assigned to you all week. You know, that, that freedom, that, that type of, I want to say independence. I know someone's walking you around, but it does give you an independence. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, if you're not a sightseeing kind of person, a cruise is great because on the ship, you've got a comedy club, you've got a piano sing-along bar, you've got several other bars and clubs and dance clubs and you know all these different things. You've got a theater where you can see live shows. They, they do movies on, on the pool deck on a big, huge screen out over top of the pool. So you can be swimming wow. and watch a movie at the same time. Um, you know, so all these many, many different things. And, and of course that, you know, doesn't even include the food. Oh, the food. We always get uh, we back to a, food. Even when Stephen yes. isn't here, we always get back to food. 
Of course we do. But the food is so fantastic. And so there's so many great things to do on board. And when you get off the ship, if you want to book one of the excursions and have someone give you a tour, those are so nice as well because they, they are mostly accessible and, and easy to accommodate you. So, you know, there's so many different things to do. I've, I've actually swam with dolphins in the past and all kinds of different things that I would have never thought I, as a blind person, would have been able to do. And you're right. We wanted to kind of parlay this into a general discussion a little bit about traveling and the accessibility of it. We've only got a few minutes uh, left till the bottom of the hour here, but I, I wanted to mention a couple of other things because in the, in the interview there, Sean, you heard me talk about the carnival app, the carnival hub app, and it is yep. very accessible. I used it the whole week while I was away to, to plan what we were doing, to see what was going on, check the menu for the dining room that night, see what was on, on the menu for the food. There's the food again. Um, but there's so many other things that if you're not doing a cruise, you're just going somewhere away on vacation, a lot of apps and services that you could use. Yeah, well, I was trying to think, you know, what would I use? The last time I went abroad was a good few years ago. And um, I think the most uh, exciting technology that's come along, uh, I suppose, for travel uh, is is the translation apps. Um, of course, we've got Google Translate. There's so many different um, apps. Now, now I've got my Apple Watch. I've been trying a few different ones out. There's one called Converse. I mean, it works fine. Accessibility-wise, it's not fantastic you can figure it out but there is a few button 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 moments on there um, but there's also microsoft translate there's one called translate it on the iphone itself there's um, say hi which works really well but these real-time translation tools i think are, are something that i don't know it just gives you that extra again extra confidence being able to ask for things and knowing you've got that translation and it doesn't always need to be uh online device either some of these you can download the language and you can use it without any internet or mobile connection at all so for me i think uh, when traveling a translation app is essential uh, now i was trying to think of another thing really that you need uh, apart from your smartphone um, and I was struggling. I, I, you know, I was thinking about Ira. Obviously, is great for mobility and getting around. Oh yeah, um, you've got the Ira already, haven't you? I do have Ira, and it's a fantastic service to use when you're traveling because you can go different places and just dial up an Ira agent and say, okay, I'm in an unfamiliar place, and I need to get to wherever, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do. And they can help you. They can pull up maps. They can go online and check and see where you are. The other nice thing about Ira is that they've partnered with many airports, not just in the United States and Canada, but actually even Heathrow in the UK, uh, to offer free service in those particular airports. When, when we traveled this last week, I actually had a notification at my local airport that popped up when we got within their geofencing, as it's called, when I got within the location of the airport, and it said, you can access IRA for free at this airport. And then when we got to Orlando, the Orlando, Florida airport, I got the same alert. So if I had needed it, I, I didn't need it because I was with my wife. But if we had needed the services of IRA, I could have used it for free in those airports and not even used any of my minutes for my monthly plan. And I think that's a fantastic use for a service like IRA to get you through an airport or get you through a city that you're not familiar with or, or, or what have you, you know, wherever you are. And so Ira, I think is a fantastic service for travel and then GPS apps and services. So of course, if you want a third party piece of hardware, you've got the Victor reader Trek, which has the built-in GPS. If you want something on your iPhone, 
I would suggest Blind Square most likely, wouldn't you, Sean? Yeah, Blind Square is really good. I mean, the guys just keep updating it, updating it, and it's just, it's all over the place. You know, so many times we need to check if a app is available here, if it works there. But as far as I'm aware, Blind Square works pretty much anywhere. And also a great feature of Blind Square is pretty useless but i love it is that if you use blind square on a plane it will tell you what country you're flying over <laughs> I'd, i love that it's just like <laughs> is there nothing that the blind square can't do but you know things like gps again you can load these up with maps local maps beforehand and um you know again you don't need to rely on that connection although it's, it's getting a lot easier to find connections uh, anywhere in the world so that's something but Tech-wise, I'd be really interested to see how our listeners get on. You know, how how do you travel when you're if you're going abroad or even if it's in your own country? Is there any tech you find essential? Because I was racking my brains and I I, I don't actually know. Uh, it's translation, as I said, GPS navigation. But is there anything we're missing? What do you use? What do you think is, you know, it's got to be in your suitcase or it's got to be on your phone before you get on the plane or on the ship? So let us know. That's feedback at ami.ca. Anyway, that's it. We've talked too long already. we got to go to the break. But after the break, the news. Stay with us. Double Tap Canada. Canada. Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I am Tim Schwartz, joined this week by Sean Priest. Hello. Now, not joining us this week is Stephen Scott. Like I said at the top of the show, he's off inspiring the youth of the UK. I can't believe it. (laughs) Of all the people Um, to choose. Of all the people. But he will be back with us actually in two weeks' time. So if you're a big Stephen Scott fan... I'm sorry. But no, he will be back in the next two weeks. Now, coming off the discussion we just had, Sean, about traveling and the accessibility of travel, there's something that Google has just recently announced for the Google Home, and that's the next step of Google Translate, which is Google Interpreter. Yeah, well, this is something they actually first showed off at CES 2019, so not that long ago, but they've actually start rolling this service out now. Um, now, I don't have it here in the UK, and I'm not sure where else it is, but they have, as I said, started the process. So Google Interpreter, as as I mentioned in the the first half, I think translation software, real-time translation, I mean, it's just so futuristic, isn't it? You know, it's so sci-fi, being able to talk with anyone and have a conversation. Now, of course, in practice, as Google Translate sort of showed us, it's not perfect but still it you can get by with it this new service um it supports 27 languages currently they are promising more support and this will roll out to the google assistant service because of that you will be able to use it on your google home or your google home hub um you know your smart screen device and basically all you say is the wake word google um be my let's say french interpreter And then whatever you say, it will speak back. Or if you've got a smart screen, it will display the text on the screen in the chosen language. And then it will listen for someone to reply to you. And again, translate that back to English or your language. Um, it's, It's nothing new as Google Translate was before. But the fact that they're opening this up to other platforms and, as I said, the smart speakers and smart screens and, well, everywhere, basically... This is going to be a real interesting one to watch. And it does 
uh, from the people that used it, it says they're saying it does work well. Of course, there are some hiccups and you do need to. It's not like you can have a natural flowing conversation. You do need to wait for the translations to come through. There's a bit of a delay, but still really exciting. And Google do so much excellent work in this artificial intelligence and real time processing field that, um, yeah, it's something I, I really want to try out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this rolling out around the world and being able to try this. And I like the fact that it's not just only within the Google Translate app or Google Assistant on your phone. Yes, you can use it that way, but to have it on a Google Home device, I really like that because I could see a day perhaps where restaurants or hotels would actually have a Google Home at a desk so yeah. that if maybe you needed to translate something, you, you were in a foreign country and you didn't know the language and maybe they didn't know your language and they could just turn that on and you could have a conversation. That would be fantastic and, and would really be very helpful, when, especially when you're traveling somewhere where you don't speak the language. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see how this is going to turn out. Well, speaking of Google, or at least the Google line of things, uh, Samsung is going to be announcing and releasing the new Galaxy S10 line of phones just this coming week. Now, there's so many rumors, and actually it sounds like a lot of these rumors perhaps are true, but we, of course, will do a full-on review of this once the S10 has come out. But there are a few notable things that are already hitting the leak sheets, as it were, Sean. Well, you say we're going to do a full-on review. I mean, if you get me the handset, then yes, of course I'll do a review. But we will do a breakdown of the announcement. Um, sorry, I'm being well, I say that. I'll just, that on, I'll, I'll just put that on Stephen. Stephen can do the full-on <laughs> review. He likes to buy new products. So, you know, he can buy the S10 and he can review it. Otherwise, of course yes, if it's, if it's just us, then yes, it'll just be a discussion of the event. But look, it's one of the best-selling handsets out there. It is one of the flagship Android devices, the Samsung Galaxy. Galaxy S line has been just so popular and it's just a beautiful device. I know I'm getting funny about tech, but it is. It is beautiful. It's totally going for the full screen uh, approach as as the S9 did and as I suppose the Note 9 other devices in the Samsung range, you know, the full screen era is here. Um, But one thing they're really upping the game on and is rumored the iPhone are, are going to be upping the game on in their next device is cameras. We're, we're seeing a, a trend towards three cameras on the back now. Three. I mean, it, it blows my mind. Wow. And it, there's, they're talking about releasing three models. So you've got the S10e, the S10 and the S10 plus different price points, different sizes. And so um, that would be like the 10R, the 10S and the 10S Max. <laughs> well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I think the sizes actually are about the same because isn't it like 5.8, 6.1 and 6.3? So that's very right. similar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like I say, uh, I think it is a case of Samsung beating Apple to the punch when it comes to this triple camera, triple rear camera. The Samsung S10 Plus is rumored to have five cameras in total, two on the front, three at the back. Now, I can't get excited by cameras, but there's no denying that it is a massive selling point for these phones. So, yeah, we will find out, but it's a lot of people are going to be excited by the uh, S10 announcement. But like we said, when the event happens and they've announced and officially released all these phones, we will do a full-on breakdown of the event and tell you all the wonderful 
tidbits coming from the event from Samsung. Now, speaking of events, Sean, we just found out this week that Apple's next event is coming up next month in March. And the rumor there is that it's to announce their new subscription service, but not necessarily the subscription service that we are looking forward to or expecting. Although I am looking forward to this one, but but not the one we thought. Boring. Ah, no, I'm not excited by this at all. I, I want the the uh, <laughs> Apple Netflix competitor. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, so this, um, I'm going to call it a mystery event. That's what I'm going to say. Let's keep the mystique about it. Ooh. On March 25th, um, yes, we're not going to see any products. Uh, so the rumors are saying we're not going to see the AirPod 2s or the uh, wireless charging mat, HomePod 2. Boo. We're not going to see any of that. It's purely to announce a new subscription service. And seemingly that subscription service is going to be launched in April and it's going to be from Apple News. Mm. But this is on the heels of the acquisition that they made, I believe last year or two years ago in purchasing a subscription magazine service. And so that's what we're expecting here is that you're going to have all the access to newspapers that you have now, but also added to that subscriptions to weekly or monthly magazines within the Apple News app also. And I'm hoping that, of course, with Apple News, as all Apple apps usually are, it'll be accessible. So of from course that, it will. Of course it will be. So from that standpoint, I am excited by this. Uh, it, it will be nice to have access to those magazines and things. Uh, but we will see on March 25th what Apple officially says. I just, you know what, is there a market for subscription-based news and magazines like this? I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I'm swimming against the tide, but I don't know. There's so many places now to get your news and articles and blogs. I don't know if, if a subscription service really is viable i mean look this is apple they they know their business so i'm I'm guessing they there is a market but i don't know i just i find it hard to get excited by this i'm far more excited by the news or the rumored uh date of wwdc which is apple's worldwide developers conference uh it's rumored to be on june 3rd running to june 7th um this is where we are going to see some Really interesting announcements. We're going to see iOS 13. I can't believe we're already talking about iOS 13. But Oh, I know. Um, so that's going to be interesting. We possibly will see the AirPod 2s at this event, the wireless charging mat, and you know who knows what else. But WWDC is always a very interesting event and gives you a sort of roadmap as to where Apple are going. So that is going to be June 3rd to June 7th, according to the rumors. So, Android fans, be forewarned that week on the uh, show, we will be talking all about (laughs) Apple, I'm sure. So uh, bear with us that week. So with all these events coming up and all these announcements, you've got the Samsung announcement next week, and we talk about the two Apple events. This is such a great time of year for guys like us because we just love to hear about all this new tech. It's nerd heaven, I tell you. It is nerd heaven, and, and these are all mainstream. Well, there is a new product coming up here very soon, specifically for the blind and visually impaired, and that's a product from New Eyes. That's N U. E-Y-E-S, New Eyes. And uh, yeah, they have had a product out for the last few years 
very similar maybe to eSight and OrCam and kind of a one-shot product there. has OCR. It also has cameras that can enlarge what you're looking at so you can see it in a, in a camera inside better. But it's almost more along the lines of a VR headset. And they have a newer, sleeker, smaller, more lightweight, as they say, design coming out later this month in February called the New Eyes E2. So it's got a 3K video display on the inside, 101 degrees of uh, viewing ability uh, on this device. And if you pre-order it now, you can save approximately thirteen or $1,400, really, if you pre-order it before it comes out. So that's a great deal. And uh, it sounds like a really nice device for people who have limited or low vision, Sean. Yeah, I, we've talked about these sort of devices before. Of course, you've got eSight as well, which is Canada's own. Uh, I think actually they were one of the first to start this wearable yep. um, vision correction, if that's the right term. But um yeah, they've, they've recently had a price cut as well. Just throw that news in there. They've recently gone down to $5,000. So um, they've had a, a huge price cut as well. They were, I think, originally 10000 and now they're 5000 so Originally it was fifteen, then it went to yes. ten, now to five. Yes. So yeah, it's made a big jump. Yeah, so uh, that's another option. But yes, yeah, so the, these, are, these are interesting. Of course, this depends on how much vision, your eye condition you've got now, how much vision you've got, if if these are going to be helpful to you. You do need enough vision to be able to see the screens. Um, they do describe them as wearable video magnifiers, and I think actually that's a, a perfect description. They're very simple to use. They do look like a virtual reality headset. I will say that. These are smaller than the original ones, but they do. these aren't like sunglasses. They do look like a virtual reality headset. They've got a camera in the front. And there's three buttons. Uh, you press one to zoom in, you know, adjust the magnification of what you're looking at. Um, the second button is for contrast. So you can have invert colors, uh, black and white, or whatever suits your vision better. And the third button is to activate OCR. So whatever you're looking at, you know, you can get a text to speech voice reading out any text on there, any post or menus. So look, these are, are, are useful. I can understand people will, will get some uh, benefit from them. But again, these aren't something that if, if your vision is of a certain level, then these aren't going to give you vision back. They're just going to be able to uh, make what you have got more usable, possibly. Yeah, definitely enhancing the vision you have. So if you have macular degeneration or you know, RP, something like that, where, like you said, Sean, where you've got some functional or usable vision that can be enhanced by a product like this, this might be something for you. Uh, the United States price, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know exactly the Canadian price on this, but it starts at about $2,800 US. But right now, if you do pre-order it, it goes down to about 1500 So it is less than eSight, but I'm not sure if it's as versatile. You know, we're not really sure which one is better or worse, or if they're just both really good products, you know, but it is something that is available and competition's always good. So I'm glad to see something else out there like yes, that. Yes, I mean, it's great to have the choice. But do you know what? That that pre-order price sort of annoys me because that's a, a big discount on the price. And why? Why? Because we're pre-ordering it? Surely, let's get that price down to the minimum and always have it at that price. I, I, I know this, this sounds strange, but when I see uh, <laughs> these sort of discounts, I think... Well, you're not making a loss on that product. So uh, let's get the general price down anyway. I, that, that's my thing. You know, you know my thing. I'm, I'm very sensitive on price. People say I'm cheap, but you're I say I'm cheap. sensitive. <laughs> yes. You're, you're price sensitive. Yes. Yes, exactly. You're, you're cheap. Yes. 
So, yeah, if you are interested in these, like I said, they're coming out later this month in February. NewEyes.com, N-U-Eyes.com. Uh, check out the New Eyes E2. Now, the final story we're going to talk about this week, Sean, in the news comes to us from Aftershocks and after the shocking announcement of the Bose frames a couple of weeks ago oh, that clever. I'm just oh, so in well love with. Done. I know that holiday I did know. you good. Oh, I got so relaxed and refreshed. Oh, I feel so good. So anyway, talking about the Bose frames a few weeks back that I'm so excited about, I'm actually going to be ordering them probably within the next week to 10 days so that it overlaps with the South by Southwest conference next month. But Aftershocks is bringing out their own set of sunglasses, although it won't have the AR audio that Bose does but it will have your usual experience from Aftershocks of bone conducting headphones in a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, well, Aftershocks have been really popular, uh, especially among the visually impaired community. Um, you know, bone conduction means that you're not actually putting anything in your ears. The music is <laughs> drilled directly into your skull. Now, I say drilled, please don't take that literally. It's uh, <laughs> it's using vibrations and, you know, bone conduction. It's, it's, you hear the music sort of in your head rather than through your ears. Now, why this is important, obviously, is that you can still hear environmental noise around you. You can quite happily use these for turn-by-turn -turn directions or maybe even listening to a podcast while you're, um, you know, walking around in, in a mobility without losing the ability to hear environmental sounds, which is so important for safety. Uh, now, these are called the OptiShocks. Clever again. Mm -hmm. O-P-T-I-S-H-O-K-Z. These crazy spellings are so trendy. Um, OptiShocks. So these are sunglasses, and I've got to say, they are nice-looking sunglasses as well. But built into the arms of the sunglasses are the bone conduction um, technology. So you put these sunglasses on, connect it via Bluetooth to your phone, and again, you've got audio going directly into your head, and you can still hear environmental noise. Really interesting technology built into sunglasses. What does this offer above, say, just the normal Aftershocks headset? Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, but it is uh, something that I would be interested in. They're talking about a starting price of around 179 US dollars. So these aren't cheap, but then compare them to the price of the Aftershocks headsets. Anyway, there's not a huge amount of difference. And if you are someone that wears sunglasses, you know, a lot, then having these with the headphones built in could be really useful and, and you know, and really comfortable as well. Yeah, absolutely. This seems to be a brand new market for speakers and wearables and Bluetooth devices, having them in sunglasses, again, first with the Bose and, and now with Aftershocks. And I, I like this line of products. Now, I wish that it had a camera in it. We've had some listener feedback talking about, wouldn't it be nice if this was also involved with a camera, and incorporated a camera? I think that's going to be something that Google will probably try again someday. I really think that Apple's yeah. going to do that. So I'm looking forward to them, uh, either of those companies or others, doing something like Bose, something like Aftershocks, but putting a camera into it and, and seeing what that product's going to be. But for now, 
the Bose and the Aftershock sunglasses, I'm really interested in these technologies, especially the ARs I talked about a couple of weeks ago with uh, Bose. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works. We actually had uh, an email last week while I was on vacation. You told me that we had a question about the, the frames and the lenses of the Bose frames. And it is said that Bose is actually looking into the possibility of being able to remove the lenses and be able to re- replace them with either different sunglasses lenses or your own prescription glasses uh, lenses. And that is something that they may, might do maybe later on this year. So it's not available now, but it is coming later. So to answer that question from last week, it's something that I agree should absolutely be available in glasses like this. And Bose has already said that they are looking into that possibility later on. So, you know, with Aftershocks and Bose doing this, I, I really like it. Yeah. And Aftershocks, uh, the OptiShocks, they actually come with interchangeable lenses. So this is straight away, you'll be able to choose either a clear lens, an amber lens, or a darker lens. So yeah, if you're looking at the aftershocks, of course, these are are different sort of platforms, really. Although they are glasses, as you said, Tim, the, the Bose does have that extra AR feature in it, extra sensors. It knows which way you're looking. Whereas the aftershocks or optishocks are just basically headphones built into sunglasses. But still, I think, um, yeah, I would like to try these out. Yeah, absolutely. It's a whole new product line that we're just getting into, like I said. And, and actually, I'm interested to hear what the listeners out there say. If any of you out there plan on purchasing any of these sunglasses, let us know about it. Feedback at AMI.ca. Well, Sean, that's everything we've got for the news this week. But in the few minutes that we have left, we did receive a couple of emails that I thought we would address this week. And you are going to graciously read them out. So I believe we have an email first from Mark Austin. Yes, I'm going to try and do my best. Let me get the zoom set to a thousand percent and push my nose against the screen. And it is from Mark and it says, hi, Tim. I was thrilled to hear you answer my question on the Plantronics M165 on a recent show. I heard your review of the three headsets and decided to purchase the Plantronics 500. All I can say is, brace yourself Tim, (laughs) wow, for £30 from the store beginning with A and ending in N, they're great. I just turned them on and within seconds they automatically paired with my iPhone. I didn't have to do a thing. I was making calls, sending and receiving texts and emails, and listening to music. During the last three years, I've tried several similar headsets in the same price range, and I find most of them to be extremely difficult to set up and pair without sighted help. I can't recommend these enough, the Plantronics 500s he's talking about here, for simplicity to set up and ease of use, and of course, the cost. Thanks for a great show, Mark. Ah, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much, Mark. And you are welcome. I'm so glad that you were able to pick up the M500. Tim is great. And it Tim worked out great. for you. <laughs> yes, Tim is great. Tim is great. See, you, you know, I miss a week and see what happens. Everything just exactly. falls apart. All the emails are for Tim. Yes, they are. But no, I'm really glad that that worked out for you. The, the Plantronics M series has been so good for me. So very, very good that that worked out for you. All right. Our next email comes to us from Beth very complimentary email and also has a question about accessible thermosets. Sean? Yes, so this one's from Beth in Ontario and she says, Hi guys, your show is so very helpful. I download the podcast. Oh, thank you, Beth. I'm wondering if you can help me with something. I'm partially sighted, but my sight is getting progressively worse. I'm sorry, Beth. I've been there. I'm Mm -hmm. planning for little to no sight. 
I currently have a thermostat that is not accessible at all and will randomly reset my heat to a lower temperature. I'm looking at purchasing a new thermostat. I'm not surprised, Beth. Could you tell me about talking thermostats and thermostats that are paired with an iPhone? What is out there and what would you recommend? Love the show. And that's from Beth. Okay, thermostats. Hardly a sexy subject, but I gotta say, it's so annoying when you've got a thermostat you can't use yourself. It's either freezing cold or you're sweating like you're in a sauna. It's it's just frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Smart thermostats, what are they? So firstly, they come in two modules. You've got the actual control unit itself, which either mounts to a wall in your house or sits on a stand and you can set the temperature using that. Then you've got the control box, which connects to your boiler or your heating system. Now, those two devices are connected wirelessly. You don't have to worry about that at all. Um, now, the bonuses of a smart thermostat is, with anything else that's got the smart uh, name to it, it means that you can control it through the internet. So you can control it through an app on your phone, or you can control it through something like a smart speaker. For example, I have a Nest thermostat, and I can say to the Amazon or the Google Home smart speaker, turn the heating on, turn the heating off, set heating to 20 degrees, what's the temperature inside, is the heating on? Um, those are all the commands I ever use, and it works great. It just does what you tell it. I would say there's probably four main players when it comes to smart thermostats, and that is Nest, Hive, Echo B and Honeywell. Um, now, I know that Nest and Hive are definitely accessible through the app and, as I said, smart speaker skills. And as far as I've heard, the Echo B and Honeywell have uh, accessible apps as well and also support uh, smart speakers. But I don't have experience of those two devices myself. I mean, smart thermostats sound like they're the perfect solution for someone who's visually impaired, but there is a major snag, and that is the actual control unit in your house, the thermostat in your house, isn't accessible on its own. Um, the Nest, for example, that I have is just a big round dial, basically, with a big display in the middle. You turn the outside to set the temperature. But it's got no speech in it, no accessibility features at all. So the only way I can actually use it is just by using the app on my iPhone or the smart speaker. And as far as I'm aware, currently, all the other devices are the same, the Hive, the Echo B, and the Honeywell. Mm -hmm. If you want to get accessibility on the device itself, well, you just can't. Now, of course, 99.9% .9 of the time, this isn't a problem. You can just use your phone, the app, or the smart speaker. But there is that nagging doubt or worry in your mind that well what if my internet goes down what if my wi-fi goes down i'm not going to be able to control uh my heating and that is a valid point but in those cases you can use something like maybe be my eyes or you know a, a similar service to actually get someone to look at your thermostat to see what it's set to but it is something just to be aware of as to which one I can recommend, well, I have the Nest, and as I said, it's fine. Um, it works well. It does everything I need to. I would say the scheduling uh, section in the app isn't accessible, though. I'm unable to set a schedule for it, and it isn't supported in the smart speaker skills. So you can't say, you know, set my heating to come on at 8 a.m. 
Um, so I'm unable to do that. But to be honest, it's nothing that I need. But if that is something you're interested in, that may be a problem. Um, there is something called Smart Schedule where it'll work out when you turn the heating on, see what routine you've got, and then automatically set itself up. So maybe that will work for you. Um, as for the other ones, I know Stephen has got the Hive, and as far as I can tell, it works pretty much the same as the Nest. Um, I don't know if the app is uh, more accessible when it comes to schedule setting. Um, I will ask him when he comes back in a couple of weeks. And I know people, visually impaired people, that have the Echo B and say it works fine as well. But other than that, they're all pretty much the same, to be honest. Price-wise, you're probably looking between 250 and 300 Canadian dollars. But I think it's worth it. You know, having that ability to control your central heating is just really nice. Now, recently, I've also heard of a, uh, a a talking central heating system, but I'm not quite sure how globally available it is. I'm not sure if it'll be available in Canada or the US, but over here, there's a, a company called Cobalt, who make a lot of visually impaired products, uh, talking microwaves and things. Now, they have one called the Talking Central Heating System. That is uh, £139 over here, but that one is actually simpler in that it's just a remote control. It's not connected to the Wi-Fi or an app or anything like that. But what it does have is a remote control and uh, you know, with simple buttons on it. And when you turn the heating up, it will tell you in a TTS, a text-to-speech voice, you know, the settings and what the temperature is, what the heating is. So that is, um, it's, it's, it's accessible. Um, it's not so much like the smart uh, thermostats, but still it works well and it will feel that that um, problem that you're having so that may be something to look into um, as for a Canada specific one maybe if anyone's listening to this any of our listeners have any suggestions then please get back to us feedback at ami.ca I don't have an accessible thermostat so I have nothing to say in the matter and that's a good thing because we are about out of time Sean we are an hour goes so quick an hour always goes so quickly it's so so sad when it's over but I <laughs> but I do want to say first of all thank you to Stephen Scott for allowing me and trusting me to sit in the hosting chair this week and next we'll see him back in a couple of weeks again I want to also thank John Heald from Carnival Cruise Lines for taking the time to sit down with me and doing that wonderful interview about their accessibility that you heard earlier Earlier in the show. And most importantly, I want to thank Sean Priest for joining me and holding my hand through this process. Thank you, Sean. A less of that. I never touched him. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> and if you want more information about anything we've talked about today, or if you want to find other stories or articles that each of us have written, you can visit doubletap.online and find out more there. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook by looking for us under Double Tap Canada. And I have been given permission to say if you want to hear more interviews or more content about blindness or things that are not necessarily tech-related, please visit lifeafterblindness.com. That's my personal website and podcast where you can get more information and, and more uh. things. Oh, stop. <laughs> You've been on there several times yourself, Sean. Steven's been on there a lot lately talking about autonomous vehicles, so please check that out as well. But again, don't forget, double tap that online and send us your emails, feedback at ami.ca. We will see you again next time on Double Tap Canada. Bye! This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. 
Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.